Welcome to Career Chats with Natalie and Jack. Career Chats. We hope that you have enjoyed our first two podcast episodes and that you will continue to give us feedback and let us know what else you'd like us to chat about and give advice on. So today, Jack and I wanted to chat about interviewing. So we're in spring quarter now, the last quarter. So woohoo, almost done with the program. And um, it's an exciting time. Could be some of you might be really excited to be done with the program. Maybe you're scared about the job search. That's what we want to talk about today is how to best prepare for interviews. So with that said, I wanted to have Jack share some stories about what was the best interview that he's ever conducted and what is maybe the worst and talk about what makes an interviewee good and what makes an interviewee maybe not be so good. Sounds good, Natalie. I'm really excited about this. Yeah. So, I mean, it's exciting to have your expertise being that you've, you know, interviewed many people at Amazon and other companies. So let's start with, maybe let's start with the good. What was the, one of the best interviews that you've ever had and what made it such a great interview and such a, so memorable for you? Yeah, I've had several really good instances and examples that I can think of. But one person who really stands out for me is someone I ended up hiring when I was on the groceries team. Uh, He was a program manager, actually, and he was someone who graduated from from UW as an undergrad. And he was a couple years out working as a real estate agent. And I happened to know his brother, and his brother asked me one day, Hey, are you looking to hire anyone on your team? And I said, as a matter of fact, I am. And he said, Well, I've got this brother of mine who used to be in real estate, now he's looking to make a career switch, would you consider looking at him? And at first I said, well, I don't know about this, you know, real estate guy, but because he was a good friend, I I agreed to have an informational interview with him. And during that meeting, I was really impressed with with the, the real estate agent. He answered a lot of my questions about real estate really well. I happened to be looking for a house at that time. And then he started to give some examples of how he was proactive in helping his clients. Uh, One example he gave me was that for one of his clients, there was a house with a a bunch of spider webs and the client was really afraid of spiders. So he put on a football helmet and went directly to the house and knocked, knocked down the spider webs himself. Another example is I asked him, you know, you're a young guy, how'd you end up becoming a real estate agent? And he said he would go on Zillow forums and look at what kind of questions people were asking. And then he would answer those questions in detail and then let people know that he was a real estate agent. So I thought that was a a, a really good sign of him being proactive and something that's transferable to uh, my position, which was uh, a program management position. I wonder why he left real estate. I feel like now is the time to be in real estate in Seattle. Yeah, so this was actually back in 2012 when the real estate market was actually kind of quite down. Oh, gotcha. So okay. yeah, you're right. He might be kicking himself at this point, but he's still working at Amazon. Um, so I'm hoping that he's had a good experience there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, it sounds like that he really did his research of understanding what is the job 
requirements and how can he show that even though he didn't have the direct work experience working at a company like Amazon, he is able to bring in some of those transferable skills that are going to help clients, whether it's buying a house or buying groceries at uh, the Amazon Go uh, Groceries. Yeah, and I think for our students and how it applies is that it's it's good to do some research on that company because oftentimes you're going to be asked, why do you want to join that company? And so you want to have read financial statements and talk to friends who work at that company if possible uh, to find out what are some pros and cons. But then at the same time, a lot of times hiring managers understand that you haven't worked at their company and you're not going to know the ins and outs details. And so it's likely that most of your interview is going to cover what did you do at your company and what kind of knowledge do you know of your prior background. So being able to to describe in detail of the work that you did and, and display your knowledge is extremely important. So again, for, for this example, when I was asking him detailed questions about real estate because I was looking for a house, like I said, there were very specific questions that I thought might stump him, mm -hmm. but he was able to answer them just right off the bat, and that impressed me quite a bit. Yeah. So that happens a lot, right, where you get a question that might stump you because um, you can't prepare for every single question. Do you have any tips on how to navigate that if you get a question that you weren't necessarily prepared for and maybe don't have an answer right off the bat to share? I think what hiring managers are looking for in this case is, yes, it, it's, it's really nice if you're able to answer the question on the spot, but at the same time, they also understand that your ability to answer that particular question might not necessarily be indicative of whether you can do the job or not. Mm -hmm. And so what they're really looking for oftentimes is, what is your process of thinking and also, are you able to wrestle with something that's difficult and, and put the effort in without panicking? Mm -hmm. So it, when you encounter situations like this, when you don't know the answer, I would advise to, to try to take a deep breath. And if possible, just ask the interviewer for, for several seconds to, to think through the question. I think most of the time they're not going to deny that request. And during that time, you can lay out the structure of how you might answer that question and then continue to display effort in trying your best to answer that question. If, if you feel like you're not getting anywhere with it, maybe you can also ask them for hints or ask them follow-up questions to help you answer it. Mm -hmm. I had one example uh, of an interview that didn't go so well in which this was when I was recruiting at Stanford uh, for undergrads. And there's this one question. It was, it was a pretty simple numbers related question, but the student just wasn't getting it. And at one point uh, when I was trying to feed her hints, she just kind of shut down and said, I, I can't go on further. I'm going to give up on this question. And needless to say, we didn't end up giving her an offer because it wasn't, again, so much about getting the answer correctly, but I just wanted to see if she would continue to try and think of different approaches to answer that problem. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, she wasn't able to come through on that. Mm -hmm. So in the end, the UW student was more... <laughs> Uh, impressive with their performance versus the Stanford student, yes. huh? <laughs> yes, it's it's true. And I think <laughs> that, uh, I mean, that's kind of a sidebar to interviews, but I think <laughs> when our students go into interviews that you should not worry about your background. I mean, I, in fact, I think that your UW education is 
it, it's uh, a top-of-the-line education. Mm-hmm. It's going to serve you well. Uh, but it's not so much about your pedigree or what you say in your resume, but being able to articulate mm-hmm. that you're enthusiastic about the company and that you're knowledgeable of, of mm-hmm. what you've done so far. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious about you, Natalie. What are some good and bad experiences that you've had? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a... Great question. Um, There is one interview that really stood out for me, and unfortunately it wasn't for the better. (laughs) And it was not because the the candidate wasn't qualified. She was actually extremely qualified based on her resume, and we were super excited to bring her in and interview her. But it was ultimately her attitude or uh, her attitude towards during the interview that made us choose uh, someone else for the um, for the position and uh, and what I mean by her attitude was she essentially because uh, you know I don't know for a fact but I think because she felt like she was so qualified she had the degrees we were asking for she had the experience we were looking for she felt almost she walked in as if she already had the job but we know that there's a lot of people who are qualified candidates that apply for jobs so it's not just her that's applying so she came in and didn't really show much excitement for why she wanted to work for foster or work with our team or even our why working with our students so that really turned me off Hmm. as i well tried to envision you know, potentially working with this person on future projects and uh, coaching students and having her be a part of the face of Foster, it was really hard for me to imagine her representing our office um, because in our office and in our culture, we're a very, um, we, we like to have fun and we yeah. have a lot of energy every once in a while. And, and I just didn't feel like she really fit that. And that's not, you know, I don't think that's anything she should needs to change about herself, but that's just an example of how cultural fit is really important uh, in the interview process. It's not right. just about having the right answer or um, you know, telling a really great story, those are really important. But you also need to demonstrate that you have a cultural fit in the soft skills that are going to essentially help people connect or have the interviewers connect with the candidate. And I just didn't get that sense that she was really trying to connect with us. And so it was hard for, for me to be rooting for her even though she was qualified. So we actually ended up choosing or um, hiring Someone that I guess on paper wasn't as qualified, but her energy and her attitude and excitement for working with our office was just very, uh, what's the word? Um, Enthusiastic. Well, it was very, um, uh, yeah, it was very enthusiastic and and was just really attractive to us. So we ended up, um, you know, moving forward with her. And I mean, so far it's uh, turned out to be a really good decision. So in in that regards, what kind of advice would you give to students of how to be authentic Mm. and be true to yourself, but still kind of show that body language of you're interested in working at that place? And especially for those students who might not naturally be very energetic or bubbly people? Mm-hmm. Well, the first question I would ask, if, if, if as a student, there, you're finding that you're not feeling excited about a job, that's maybe a first indicator <laughs> to ask yourself, is this really the company or the job that you want to work for? 
not saying that you need to feel so passionate about every job you apply to, but there should be some excitement in it, right? Of like, oh, I could potentially see myself doing really well and adding value to this organization or this job. So, so hopefully that's there. And what I would say is if you're naturally not someone that brings out a lot of energy all the time, then it's, it is, you know, getting in the habit or not getting in the habit of, it is going to be helpful to, for you to hone in on what is it that's making you excited about the job and try to bring that excitement, whether it is through nonverbal cues or it could be that if you actually express your interests, right? So I, I mean, I'm someone who doesn't exactly show a lot of excitement all the time and knowing that about myself, I make sure that I compensate by telling people and communicating with my words that I'm very excited about an opportunity mm. so that there's no confusion, there's no guessing or assumption of, oh, was she excited or not? Like, I know that. I don't exactly always have the highest energy, so I'm going to tell them that I'm, I'm excited for the position. So I think it's about finding an authentic communication style that um, demonstrates and um, transmits your energy to, um, to the interviewer. Yeah, I think that's a good point because as you're giving your advice, which I think is fantastic advice, I was thinking back to that real estate agent guy. It wasn't that he was very bubbly either, but he had a very calm, methodical way in answering all those real estate questions I asked of him, mm -hmm. where it just came across as he knew his stuff, and he came across as someone of, of being reliable, that if we were to hire him, we could rely on him to, to come up with the right answers. And then there are other people, too, that I've hired where they did have that energetic, bubbly persona, um, and it's been a joy working with with such people too. So I guess that's all to say to, to your point, you can be authentic and there's different ways to to then kind of show your interest in a company and also come across as a likable candidate. Mm -hmm. Well, we hope you enjoyed this podcast episode um, and we're always open for feedback and we just want to say good luck with your interviews. Remember, Jack and I are available for coaching appointments and to help you prepare for interviews through practicing mock interviews or just talking through interview strategies. So feel free to schedule an appointment with Jack or I on Handshake. And we look forward to seeing more of you guys in spring quarter. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.